Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. A couple of years ago, we saw pictures of children separated from their parents and put in cages. Today, federal immigration authorities are still taking an aggressive approach to detaining and deporting people. And in this pandemic, that's meant that detention centers where immigrants are held, including here in California, have become really dangerous. They have admitted that they don't have the capacity or the willingness to make sure that they are testing individuals as they should or even providing them the treatment that they need. A federal judge in San Francisco has stepped in to try to stop the spread of the coronavirus in at least one facility in Bakersfield. But it's also been the detainees themselves, black and brown immigrants, who've pushed back and joined calls across the state to release more people from incarceration. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. Christian Orellana is a 22-year-old who was brought to the U.S. by his family uh, at the age of two. And so he grew up in L.A. Frida Javala Romero is an immigration reporter for KQED. And she's been looking into problems at an immigration detention center in Bakersfield known as Mesa Verde. That's where Christian is currently being held. His family left El Salvador. Uh, they, they said they were fleeing uh, violence. And Christian has dealt with a number of mental health issues um, over the years. He was diagnosed with schizophrenia and uh, PTSD as well. 
he uh, recently won his immigration case at the immigration court in San Francisco. An immigration judge said that the government shouldn't deport Christian uh, back to El Salvador. But he's still being detained at Mesa Verde because the government is appealing the judge's uh, decision and has decided to keep Christian locked up while they do that. And Christian tested positive for COVID July 29th. I asked him if he was okay, and he just said, I am, I'm having trouble breathing, I can't breathe, I am afraid for my life. Christian's attorney, Ambar Tovar, she works at the United Farm Workers Foundation in Bakersfield. So she says she's been in very, you know, regular phone calls uh, with Christian since he was diagnosed uh, positive. She says he has had really severe symptoms for COVID. You know, throughout this period, he has been feeling um, symptoms of high fevers, body chills, uh, body aches, headaches, dizziness, and most troubling and, and especially um, shortness of breath. Christian told her that he's not getting the treatment that he needs at Mesa Verde, that he has been seen by, uh, by a nurse, but not by a doctor yet, and that he's really worried that he's going to die, that he just can't breathe. I was informed by another colleague that um, her client had informed her that my Christian had collapsed to the floor um, and complaining that he was not able to breathe. Um, when they requested that the guards help him and take him to the medical unit, the guard simply told Christian to get up and go to his bed. The attorney Ambar is being told by officials at Mesa Verde that Christian is fine, that they're keeping an eye on him. Um, and then they told me for the story I wrote that Christian hasn't, um, you know, exhibited any severe symptoms, you know, that there's that he doesn't seem to be in distress. And so we have like two totally different pictures of what's happening to this man inside uh, Mesa Verde. But uh, Ambar was so worried about him just this weekend on Sunday that she called 911 uh, for somebody to go uh, check on him. He is really worried that he's not getting the medical treatment that, that he needs at this point. I do not trust this facility. I do not trust ICE to be taking the steps that are necessary to make sure that my client is well and stays alive. Christian isn't the only person being held at Mesa Verde with COVID-19. As of Thursday, ICE has reported at least 14 confirmed cases among detainees. Attorneys have told Farida that there are employees who've tested positive as well. These detention centers are part of the federal government's plan to deport more immigrants, and many of them are for-profit. Mesa Verde, for example, is owned by the GEO Group. Advocates worry that this for-profit status is incentive to keep more people locked up than necessary. Before, you know, a lot of the people that were detained in ICE detention centers came straight from, uh, from the border, from being detained by Customs and Border Protection. But most of the new detainees that are being brought to detention centers are coming from state and local prisons. So these are folks who have served their sentences already, 
And even if you, you know, started with like a green card or if you had legal status, uh, because you committed a crime, a serious crime, you can be deported. And so the ICE will pursue those cases and will ask um, prison officials, uh, jail officials to hold those inmates and uh, when they're about to be released and then arrest them and transfers them to a detention center. And some of these jails uh, and prisons have big COVID outbreaks right now. And it also sounds like, based on the history of ICE's treatment of people being detained at these facilities, that people were rightfully concerned about what's happening in ICE detention, especially around the time of the spread of the pandemic. So what do people do about it at Mesa Verde? I mean, I think now we're recording. Okay. Emmy McLean is an attorney with the San Francisco Public Defender's Office. So can you please um, help me understand the judge's order today? And she is one of the lawyers representing plaintiffs in this uh, lawsuit to force them to make changes inside the facility so that people could socially distance. So a federal district court judge ordered that ICE needs to act, that ICE cannot be trusted to act absent uh, the intervention of the court. The judge has ordered a bunch of people released from that facility. Before these detainees sued, there were groups like the ACLU that were asking ICE to release detainees who might not need to be locked up the whole time. They do not have the option of avoiding contact with others, have peacefully protested these conditions of confinement with a hunger strike. And so they can release people on parole and bond, but you know people felt like they weren't doing it enough, and so they sued in federal court in San Francisco. We have uncovered um, through our litigation that ICE has known about the threat of an outbreak, has identified strategies that would have prevented uh, damning consequences and has refused to act. And then last week, uh, Judge Vince uh, Chabria also ordered ICE and the GEO Group to test everyone at the facility at least weekly for COVID. I think the order from Judge Chabria is an extraordinarily important or- order, but it's also only a stopgap measure. Um, there are still people in the facility um, who are in highly risky uh, conditions and who should be released and frankly should have been released long ago. Detainees have held a series of hunger strikes in the last couple of months. Um, and to try to, you know, bring attention to this issue, they've written letters to lawmakers, Governor Gavin Newsom, and they're really worried that one of the factors that is bringing COVID into the facility now are, are people who are being transferred from other, you know, jails and uh, prisons into the facility. Um, so so they, they ha- the, the lawsuit has been, you know, effective for for many people because now they can uh, be outside of the facility during the pandemic but attorneys say that that it's not enough that they need to get more more people out of the tension as part of the lawsuit attorneys also uncovered emails that showed this mess that facilities are in now could have been avoided they showed ice turned down an opportunity to get testing for detainees early on but denied it because then they'd have to try to find a place to house infected people. Now, 
it's a full-blown crisis. Detainees at Mesa Verde wrote a letter that was released last week saying COVID-19 is quote, spreading like wildfire inside the facility, and that it takes days just to see a doctor and get something as simple as Tylenol. Well, it seems like there is real reason to be skeptical about the treatment going on in, in ICE detention centers uh, and, you know, the, the health care that's happening um, or not happening to people inside. Other than ICE itself and what the, you know, attorneys and this one Bay Area judge has changed, who else holds the power to do something to improve the safety in these ICE facilities? ICE is a federal agency, so it's part of the Department of Homeland Security. So DHS could change things uh, the way, you know, the way ICE is doing things. Uh, but that's one of the main tensions, right, in California, at least with uh, immigration detention centers, is that uh, local uh, elected officials in the state want uh, changes, like, for example, like to stop ICE from bringing uh, new people from, from other jails into their detention centers um, to stop the spread of COVID. But there's only so much they can do. And so state officials can you know, make changes to like state policy or they can't directly change the way ICE is doing things. Can Governor Newsom do anything? Advocates and and dozens of state lawmakers and some elected officials are calling on Newsom to tell California, the California state prison system to stop sending people to ICE detention centers. So once people are done with their um, sentences, uh, that they be released into the community instead of being transferred into ICE, ICE uh, detention centers. But advocates say the governor hasn't really responded to that. And when we've asked for you know, comment from his office about this, they've been quiet. How do you see this story, which you, know, you reported on for a while, in the context of everything else that's happened in the past few months with the pandemic and, you know, the protests and uprising about police and, and, and racial justice? Immigration detention centers are, you know, mostly filled with black and brown people, you know. There's been, you know, advocates and others that have been pushing to um, really show to the outside world what's um, happening in these in these facilities and how people are treated. And the pandemic is is highlighting some of the issues that were there before about medical treatment or, you know, crowded uh, the crowded conditions. I mean, I th I think honestly, it seems like it's the same issues. I don't know if how much is coming from the abolitionist movement to changes in, in detention centers, but immigration advocates, uh, I think, see the, those two issues very connected. The basic question of do people need to be locked up? Just this week, another group of attorneys representing people at Mesa Verde filed papers in court alleging a black immigrant named Alton Edmondson was held in what they call a makeshift cell without an adequate bed for more than seven days. A group of immigrant rights advocates have also sent a letter to Governor Gavin Newsom, State Attorney General Javier Becerra, and Senator Kamala Harris, connecting the treatment inside Mesa Verde to the larger problem of racial injustice. Frida Jabala Romero reports on immigration for KQED. 
She asked ICE and the GEO Group for comment on Christian Oriana's situation. ICE said they couldn't weigh in because of the lawsuit, while the GEO Group denied that Christian was receiving poor medical treatment. The Bay is produced by Erica Cruz Guevara and editor Alan Montecilio. KQED's leadership team includes Jessica Placek, Erica Aguilar, Vinnie Tong, Ethan Tobin Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. We are part of your public media station, KQED. I'm Devin Kadayama. That's it from us. Talk to you Monday. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.